other words, they told me that they were suspending me under clause 9.1. Budget to ensure financial stability amid rising costs of everyday living. You have to tell us more about family finance. In today's world, listeners are complex and multidimensional, and it's a little cumbersome to toggle back and forth from channel to channel trying to get your fix. We feel your podcast should be just as diverse as you. Welcome to Fred Talks where the topics are as layered and multifaceted as you are, with a dash of inspiration and a little bit of an edge. All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Fred Talks. I'm your host, Fred B., and I got a dope episode for you today. Today, I want to challenge a myth that has become popular and has spread like wildfire, even though it's chimerical at best. I mean, it's really misleading, and if we don't investigate it and expose it for the fallacy that it is, it's going to hurt a lot of people. It's going to have debilitating effects on people who are trying to adopt uh, adopt this belief and trying to uh, adhere to it, try to integrate it and implement it into, into their life. That saying, y'all, is failure is not an option. Now, I know in the day where, you know, you know, Uncle Will Smith, <laughs> Big Willie, you know, he out here on IG and just creating a whole lane of motivational speaking for himself. And then there's other people that try to do the same thing. So, and the motivational speaking space, I know you've heard this already reverberating in, in, that, in that sphere. You know, failure is not an option. And to keep it 100 with you, you know, at face value, I appreciate the saying. I mean, I've chanted this mantra under my, under my breath many times myself, you know, when I've encountered a challenging assignment or when I faced a daunting, a daunting audience, I've been in a new environment or whatever the case may be. So on one hand, I just got to admit that telling myself that failure is not an option and believing it, you know, having the real conviction behind it has served me in some instances. You know, it's helped me to refocus, to regroup, to, to shake off mediocrity, you know what I mean? And, and to remember what's my why, what's ahead of me, what are the goals that I'm trying to accomplish, you know, uh, for, you know, and even enduring certain hardships for the joy and the promise that is before me, you know, focusing on the promise, focusing on the why, you know, um, I've had to consider, hey, Fred, failure is not an option because your bonus at this job depends on you performing well. Remember, you're not just doing this for the salary. You're not just doing this for all these other perks. There's something that you want to do with that bonus. Focus, right? Or failure is not an option because your son, your daughter is looking at you as a model and they're going to take a lesson from how you handle yourself in this circumstance. Don't be out here wilding out. You cannot drop the ball on this one. There's too much at stake, you know, or failure is not an option for it because you got a mortgage payment and your wife is going to be looking at you to bring home your part, fam. <laughs> um, so, you know, while I'm in awe at what the power of belief and being clear on what your why is makes me think of Jay-Z. Uh, on the 444, you know, I'm clear why I'm here. How about you? <laughs> you know, you got to be clear on what your why is. You got to know it. You got to be clear on it. The, the more clarity, the better. And so, you know, I believe in that, but I'm equally in awe in the power of belief and an untruth. You know, that's, that's powerful because a lot of times, you know, we can see the value, the credence in believing in something that has been verified. But this interesting thing is you can believe in something that's not true and unfortunately, it can leave you shipwrecked once you're blindsided by the events that have gone awry. You believed in a formula. And when that formula does not produce 
what the mathematic equation told you it would, you don't have any other recourse because you put all your eggs in this one basket, right? So I want to talk about it, y'all. I want to get, I want to unpack this, but of course, first I got to hit you with the ground rules and then we'll be, uh, we'll be back to really dig into this thing. This probably doesn't need to be said, but of course, we're going to say it anyway. The views and opinions expressed on Fred Talks podcast are not to be misconstrued as professional advice, counsel, gospel, a personal attack, law, guarantees, a substitution for hard work, a one-size-fits-all formula for every scenario, or any type of promise. It's a podcast, y'all. Come on. You know you need to consult a credentialed professional before making a hasty or significant change with your life. Don't you? Don't you? Of course you do. Now, be encouraged by the show. Be entertained by the show. Be challenged to cross-examine some of your long-held beliefs. Note, the host and his guests have strong views held loosely. Being committed to lifelong learning means that the perspectives may change in light of information. That's not contradiction. That's evolution. So please, don't come for us. Unless we send for you. Now that we have an understanding, let's get back to today's episode of Fred Talks. So of course, I got to give you guys the backstory and tell you how this all came about. You know, how I got to this, this juncture. So this all came about as I audited my performance for last year up to present. And, you know, actually, when I soberly assessed everything, I'm really on track to achieve the goals that I set for myself. Um, however, these victories or this progress that I'm experiencing has not come without this real, very real sense of vulnerability um, because, you know, I'm trying some things. I'm a little bit out of my comfort, not a little bit, a whole lot of it <laughs> out of my comfort zone. And it's like, man, I've never been here before. It's new terrain. It's, I don't I don't know these people. You know, there's not a lot of familiar faces here. I, I have to I have to um, retool, you know, um, there's been some uh, spurts of frustration, like real intense frustration, because that's part of the learning process. And there's been some very hard lessons that I've had to metabolize and uh, just really process. And so the hard lessons felt like failure. And, you know, a lot of it is because I judged it prematurely. Of course, if I would have stopped right there, it would have it would have been failure. It would have been final. And there have been many times where I just wanted to quit, you know, um, throughout the course of uh, uh, pursuing these goals and and working on it. Um, I've been really hard on myself, you know, so it wasn't even the external critics. It's been myself being my biggest critic. Right. And in fact, sometimes it would even drown out the affirmation and the approbation from other people. Right. But I've been really hard on myself as I as I as I've gone through these things, just kind of putting some pressure on myself. And the thing is, my deadlines have not even come yet. I was out here being hard on myself for not achieving the goal or the goals, even though it was not supposed to be reached yet anyway. So I had to I had to get some clarity on this. So I had to get quiet. I had to pause. I had to, uh, you know, just just chill out for a minute. And as a result of having some quiet time, I felt that the best thing that I could do was to redefine what failure meant for me. Or, or I should say, to get clarity on what failure really is and what cl- what success is. I had to redefine success even. So I also had to investigate the misconception that I held that success was linear. I don't know where I got this idea that success is linear, that you just, it's just one straight shot, that it's a beeline to the end goal. You know, I was under the impression that achievement happens in a straight line without any delays, without any detours, and, um, you know, without any real difficulty and if you have the difficulty, it's uh, indicative or symptomatic of something that you are not doing. 
But difficulty, challenge is built into the process. And that's something that I just really had to awaken to. So to get clarity on what, you know, failure looks like or what success looks like and to really, you know, understand the process, we don't even have to dig too deep, y'all. It really just takes a cursory glance at some of our most heralded champions in their respective lanes to deconstruct the misconceptions that we've had concerning failure or concerning, you know, this idea of a, a linear track to success. For instance, let's start with Mother Oprah, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, right? Who at the time of this recording is worth at least a billy with a B, right? Um, not a Millie, a Billy, and she's affectionately referred to as the queen of the television talk shows. So we see her at this stage of the movie, if you will. But if we do our Googles and we check her files, we'll see that she was fired from her first television show as an anchor. Can you imagine somebody having the audacity to fire the Oprah Winfrey that we have come to know now, right? Or let's, let's keep going with this. What about Walt Disney? So we grew up on Disney cartoons. You know, I'm an 80s baby. So I grew up watching Disney cartoons, but even the generations before me were still watching Disney cartoons and got really acquainted with their characters and taking family trips to Disneyland, right? So for many of us, Disney has a, a, has a stamp on our childhood. It's a legitimate and integral part of our childhood. But bruh, sometimes our latter glory has a way of causing people to forget the initial lean years. The humble, humble beginnings. Because would you believe that Walt Disney, of all people, was fired from the Kansas City Star? But guess guess what? Lack of imagination. Come on, we're talking about Disney, y'all, who is essentially synonymous with uh, imagination. But he was fired. <laughs> or how about to bring it up to, uh, let's, let, me, let me talk to some of my hip-hop heads. What, what about Kanye West? Yay. Yeezy. Yeezus. <laughs> Despite the bedlam he might be experiencing now or all the, you know, the the scandals that are associated with his name, you know, depending on who you are and how you esteem him. He is an undeniable musical genius. It's undeniable, undeniable. You cannot refute his musical genius. But that's the yay that we know now. Real hip hop heads know about the yay uh, that that really started to ascend because of his perseverance, which he shares on through the wire where after a, you know, catastrophic car accident left him in a bad, bad way. And you would have thought he would have abandoned his dream of becoming a rapper. But he he goes on to get on wax and he just kind of chronicles the whole the whole the whole journey for us. He just he, he makes himself even more vulnerable and he shares that hardship with us and it causes him to ascend. Right. But it's easy to see the glory now and to forget that nobody. Y'all, nobody was taking this kid serious as a rapper for a long time. <laughs> he was failing as a rapper, you know, depending on who you ask and in some people's estimation. How about my fashionable lister, listeners who, who frequent Macy's for their re retail therapy fix? Macy's will get you fresh today, but don't let that distract you from the fact that R.H. Macy had a few uh, retail ventures to fail in the very beginning. All that to say that sometimes you may call it failing, watch this, but it could be just redirection. You may be in the vein of the thing that is supposed to converge into the actual thing. Sometimes you're not directly in the pocket, but you're next to the pocket and you just need some event to knock you in the pocket, right? Sometimes you're connected to the thing that will lead you to the thing. Let me give you one more example. Let's talk about uh, Vera Wang. So she may have failed to make the 1968 U.S. Olympic figure skating team, uh, but that so-called failure, what we would call failure, could have 
given her the closure and the opportunity now to redirect her energies. Sometimes we, we need to quote unquote fail in something so that we can go ahead and redirect that energy. Like stop trying to be great at something you're not supposed to be great at, I guess. You know, uh, Charlemagne, the God, he's really good at talking about telling people, you know, he says it. Um, I'll try to make this mild. He, he says like, he tells, he tells people, F your dreams. Like let go of that idea and go pursue the thing that you're supposed to be pursuing, if you will. Um, so for all we know, she could have repurposed the sting of that experience and channeled it to uh, ultimately become the renowned, wealthy fashionista that we know her to be. Sometimes you have to transmute your failure. You have to take that energy, repurpose it, and make it work for you. All right, so the good news is if you feel like you're failing, you're in good company. There's a cloud of witnesses all around us, invisible. You know, the ancestors are, are all around us, if you will, uh, and they, they would, if, they could, if we could hear them whispering, they would tell us that, hey, failure is not only optional, it's more than optional. It's inevitable. We could look to their stories as proof that you have to persevere. There's going to be challenges. It's probably going to feel like you're failing. It's probably going to feel like there's some insurmountable odds uh, coming against you, but you cannot quit because not only is failure more than optional and inevitable, so is success inevitable if we don't faint and retire in the process. We got to believe that we will see a good outcome. We have to have that right expectation so that we will have the motivation to persevere. It is that type of expectation that will anchor us in the process. It will tether us to the work, to the process. It will ensure that we don't break away and that we don't quit along the way. That, it will, that expectation will even drag us Sometimes when we feel like um, our, our, you know, our body is not cooperating, it is, it is that that will make us get up and go. And ancient wisdom purports that we will reap if we don't faint. So if we sow the seeds of labor and perseverance and diligence, we will reap the harvest of success. The two go in tandem. They work together. Now, there's a whole bunch of stories that I could draw from in addition to the ones I've already shared. But I would be remiss if I didn't crescendo and punctuate this list with arguably the greatest basketball player of all times. Y'all know who I'm already talking about. Michael Jordan. Come on. We could talk about his humble beginnings, uh, but I want to zoom in on another part because he's an example, a good example, of what happens even after you have ascended to a higher plane. You are on a next, and forgive this, this nebulous terms, but, term, but you're, you're on another dimension, if you will. You're in a, you're in a whole other terrain, right? You're in a whole other category, a whole other class, and you would think that you could go on autopilot at that point, but no, he's a good example of there still being obstacles, that there's still going to be negative self-talk and critics that you'll have to mute and drown out. There's still going to be trepidation that could still visit you. And yes, you can and you will still miss the mark occasionally. Here's what Michael Jordan had to say himself. Here's a quote. He says, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Hey, y'all, I'm full of stories today, right? Told you about MJ. Told you about all the other uh, champions in their respective lanes. I got another story, uh, another story for you, and I just happened to run across it before I started recording. And it just seemed apropos, like it would just mm, be the perfect uh, supplement. It would just dovetail nicely into the story that that I'm already sharing, stories that I'm already sharing. So here it goes. I'm reading verbatim. 
How long can a rat, that's right, you heard me, a rat tread water? Who thinks of these things, right? You, I'm sure you're not walking around with this type of knowledge in your memory bank, but how long can a rat tread water? 15 minutes or 60 hours? The rhetorical question, don't try to answer it. Um, during a study at Harvard in the 1950s, rats were placed in a pool of water to test how long they could tread water. And on average, they'd give up and sink after 15 minutes. But right before they gave up due to exhaustion, the researchers would pluck them out, dry them off, and let them rest for a few minutes. And I could do a whole nother episode on the, the power of rest. Uh, I would probably title it the power of a good nap, <laughs> especially, you know, those after church naps when people got to resurrect you from because, you know, you're sleeping so good. <laughs> um, but they would let them rest and put, uh, put them back in for a second round. So in the second round, how long do you think they lasted? Now, remember, they had just swam until failure, quote unquote failure, only a few short minutes ago. How long do you think? Another 15 minutes, 10 minutes, or five minutes? Y'all, they swam for 60 hours. It's not a typo, 60 hours of swimming. Yes, there's only 24 hours in a day. And yes, I'm saying they swam, or the report, I should say, is saying that they swam for 60 hours. So the conclusion was that since rats, since the rats believed that they would eventually be saved, they could push their bodies way past what they previously thought possible. It's almost like they had to re that they had some reserves, right? They knew that, okay, uh, the, the tank is on E, but there's also a reserve to get me to the next destination. So in, in, a, in a word, they had hope. So this reminds me of the Navy SEALs 40% rule where they say once you can't go any longer, you really only reach your 40% 40% of your capacity. Real talk. I could even talk about Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. You know, he would tell reporters often that, I can only do seven push-ups, And they're like, what? They lean in like, like you know, you, you got to unpack this champ. Well, he only counted seven because he said, I only start counting once I can't do anymore. So he would reach quote unquote failure and then he would give some more, right? So massive success starts with belief no matter what the struggle, even if it's a business plateau or some other type of plateau, you got to believe that you'll eventually break through that plateau. And you'll get out of it. And that, is, that belief, that expectation is the seed that will sprout the solution. We interrupt this episode to express our gratitude for your listenership. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a regular listener, we want to deepen our connection. There are a few ways to do that. First, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And of course, chances are that if you like the show, your friends will too. So be sure to post, share, and repost on all of your social media outlets. Also, don't be shy. Connect with Fred B on Twitter using the handle at Fred Talks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. After you've completed those two steps, visit the Patreon page at patreon.com slash Fred Talks. Remember, Talks is spelled T-A-L-X. And check out the multitude of ways for you to support. Lastly, if you enjoy the podcast version of Fred Talks, imagine how electric a live Fred Talks session would be. Sure, recordings are great, but... 
When it comes to value, there are some intangibles that require you to be in a live setting to get full impact. The goal is to begin online via the podcast and ultimately take the sessions offline to do the real work of providing solution-oriented motivational sessions to impact current and emerging leaders of all ages. To get more information about hosting a live Fred Talk session for your staff, students, members, send an inquiry to fredtalks.com to get the conversation started. That's all for now. Let's get you back to the show. So one of the takeaways I want to make sure I get across and that you take away from uh, this episode is that you are not failing. You are learning. I recently read an, uh, an academic article and it went into great detail about how the struggle, the wrestle, the wrestling with new concepts actually helps to integrate and ingrain to submit new ideas into our minds. Much more than a hunt and peck approach. You know how we just uh, we 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 go to the back of the book, we find the answer and we just fill in the blank. That's not really learning, you guys. That at best, that might be memorization. Right. Um, but failing, wrestling with it helps to cement it into our minds more than taking a passive posture towards learning. Wrestling, failing means that we're at least in the game. We got some skin in the game. We are invested. We have already exerted some energy. So we're not as likely to give up without getting some type of return out of it. Um, Even if we borrow from a weightlifting analogy, most fellas and even some of my ladies, you'll know that the idea is to lift till failure. But the failure is necessary so that you stretch or stress your muscle to capacity at one weight so that you can condition the body to be able to manage stress and, incre- and, and take on an increased uh, a weight load. So failure is necessary. It's part and parcel of it, right? It's necessary to stimulate muscle growth. And so it is with personal and professional growth. You are not failing, you're learning. You are not failing, you're growing. You are not failing, you are conditioning your body, yourself, to handle a greater and wider load. These are just simple stretch assignments or stretch experiences. Your struggle is indicative of the effort that you are making to do more than you were previously comfortable with. And the people that are not failing in some area, well, that just means that they're they're not venturing out. They're not getting out of the boat. They're not trying new things. They have plateaued. uh, They are just on autopilot. They're not even open to trying new experiences. Maybe fear has arrested them and as a result has arrested their development. So fail and then add weight next time. Fail and then do an autopsy on your performance so that you can learn from it, so you can glean from it, and then tweak it to do better next round. Fail and then eat the feedback for breakfast. Let it fuel you. Let it push you towards the victory. Let it serve you as you strive towards uh, your next goal post. All right, so as we close, I just want to tell you, fam, don't waste your failures. Don't even resent the failures. Don't lament them. Don't, don't have a pity party about your failures. Eat them. Draw from them. There's, there's treasure in, eva- in the evaluation of your failure. So just redefine it. It's not failure anyway, y'all. It's just feedback. And further, you aren't a failure. You are a student. Failure isn't a person. It's an integral part, step towards success. It's, it's the building block to success. It's, it's the seasoning to your story, y'all. It's the common thread that all winners share. Failure is never final until you quit. But ancient wisdom, I told you earlier, it promises that if you don't quit, you'll eventually reap a harvest of all your efforts. And I already gave you a a plethora of examples of all the different champions in their respective fields, how 
They just had to persevere. They just had to have this expectation that they will eventually get it. It was internal. It was an internal engine, right? And so I hope this episode galvanizes you to keep going. I hope it extinguishes the irrational fear that whispers and comes to paralyze us, to, to arrest us and keep us from advancing and progressing. And if this episode has not achieved that, then I, I, I implore you to listen to this again because I want it so clear to you that failure isn't the foe. It's the fear of failure that causes us to abort our dreams. In fact, sometimes it's not the fear of failure. It's, it's our uh, erroneous definition of failure. It's what we are framing failure and success as. And we got to get clarity on that, right? Because, you know, that or the fear of failure is what prevents many people from even beginning to dream of, uh, of success. And if you don't dream of it, if you don't visualize it, you won't materialize it. You got to, you got to, you got to envision it so that you can manifest it, right? And while you do that, you got to know that failure is your friend. It's not your foe. That's it, Joe. And just like that, it's a wrap. Another episode for the archives. Do you like it? Do you feel it, though? Did anything resonate with you? Did it motivate you? So now what? What are you going to do about it? What's your next move? Share your thoughts by emailing fredtalx at mail.com or connect on Twitter at fredtalks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. Tune in next time for some more gems.